0: Welcome to another episode of Inside the Firm. This is your Friday episode, but yeah. you can listen to it anytime. We don't really don't care. Yep. Uh, co-hosts Lance Psycho and Alex Gore, both luxury division of Pella fellows. All stars. All, All stars. stars. They probably don't have a fellow program. They probably wouldn't invite I us.
1: I am even going so far as to advertise for
0: the luxury division of Pella on Fishing with Lance. Can you Look believe at you. that? Wow, that's
1: yeah. a double benefit right there. I know there. it. Hopefully all the fishermen who watch my show, Fishing with Lance, on the YouTube. Yep. It's called Catchy. It's not called Catchy. <laughs> 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 but, but when I have Al and his his sons out, I'm taking them on a special guided trip in about three or four weeks, I think. It's <laughs> going to be a special episode of Catchy. Yeah, special <laughs> episode of Catchy. Welcome to Catchy with Lance Psycho and Alex Core. Yep. That sounds great. Uh, Lance, what do you got? I got, do you know when you're an architect, Al? I don't. You either have programmed the F1 key to mm. register as escape, have removed the keycap, or taped over it because of how many times you have opened the help file instead of escaping out of a command, or maybe you spent all morning in Photoshop, Nope. then, oh, then transition to AutoCAD and it takes you a minute, AutoCAD, to figure out why holding down the spacebar won't let you pan in your drawing. You might even have chat windows that are full of all caps texting, and you never think someone is yelling at you. They are just doing notes. And last and certainly not least, you're spending all morning, your whole morning, Al, in AutoCAD before a transition to SketchUp, and it takes you a few minutes to realize that hitting space after the command keys in
0: SketchUp is pointless. I'm sure there are more. What do you got, Al? Is that when you're uh, an architect? We should change this. You know, you're not an architect <laughs> and you are a CAD monkey. <laughs> you are being a CAD monkey. <laughs> Remember that term? I haven't heard it in so many Thank years. Thank goodness we haven't. Yeah. yeah. But it was so prevalent back then yeah. because you were letting CAD dictate in your life. There's better ways to do it. It's called Revit. And the best way to do it is RevitRocketship.com where yours truly, Lance now walk you through how to mimic the construction project when you're designing so everything flows and connects together. And does it simply and easily without all of those issues that you just brought up.
1: Revit Rocketship. Yeah, head over to RevitRocketship.com. You know where hey. else you should head? Al knows where you should head. Where should you
0: head to? Arcat.
1: Arcat, of course.
0: Because that's where you're going to get the families that you need to make Revit work. That's yep. where you're going to get Spec Wizard, a whole bunch of other stuff. So, as more businesses and tenants demand green buildings, green design in their buildings, LEED certification is more important than ever. And while Arcat is known for being red, they can help you go green. Artcat provides thousands of lead reports from building products, manufacturers on how their products can help make your uh, green choice that's right for your project. Head over to artcat.com to find the information you need for lead. Then you need to head over to PellaLuxury.com wow. forward slash the firm
1: because I want you to experience a brand like you've never experienced before and that is the brands over at Pella Luxury. The collection of brands within the luxury division of Hella are the conversation starters, the pioneers of the industry who provide window and door solutions to discerning architects like Mr. Gore, the building industry like Mr. Gore, and beyond Mr. Gore. Whoa, they have decades of experience creating things like no one else in the world is creating, and the collection of brands are brought together to complement and build a, build on one another, which I love because if man, if you can have a one-stop shop for the for some of the best most cutting-edge windows and doors, and you just have to go to one place and they all work together, what are you waiting for? They don't push beyond the limits. They set them. Explore PellaLuxury.com forward slash The Firm today. That's
0: PellaLuxury.com forward slash The Firm. In my dream world, people are listening to this and they're like, okay, I went to RevitRocketship.com. Cool. Now Please. I went to architect, arch, cat.com Cool. Uh-huh. Oh, I went to Pella, looked at some stuff. Might as well keep this train rolling. Hey, it goes on later on down. I have it buried in here. Oh, all I was going to say was if you... Haven't left us a review on. <laughs> yes! on the SoundCloud, iTunes, Cloud, iTunes sorry, whatever. Sorry, sorry. Yep, all that. I thought that. you
1: were going in a different area. You no. see, ladies and gentlemen, and everybody else. Whoa. where we're going with this? Gotcha. Because you have an example. You want to read it off? Yeah. So please do head over if you haven't given us a five-star review. That helps us reach more people because then we're more visible on iTunes, SoundCloud, Spotify, whatever, whatever, whatever you're listening to. Even, even. Um, YouTube. If you just subscribe over there, it super helps. I have a listener shout out. So every once in a while, what I'll do is I will uh, go to the iTunes and see if anybody's left us in a new review. Sure enough, about a month ago on January 14th, 2022, jimmyr 19 left us a review and I would love to read it. It's a five star review. So shout out to Jimmy. Thank you so much. Al and Lance do a wonderful job of sharing their knowledge, trials and tribulations and of course their wins. We need more architects slash designers like them to continue to improve our industry. This podcast is for anyone looking to improve their skills, give their business a boost, or perhaps start a new one. Kudos them. to them for not holding back. Well, kudos to you, Jimmy. I really appreciate that.
0: Yeah. Well, let's. Uh, we're on the train. Let's keep going. Let's give out some of that advice or some of that experience that might help some people. How to break up with a bad client, Lance. There's no such thing as bad clients. There's only good clients.
1: Yeah, that's what he said. That's what he certainly tried to assert right there. This is episode two forty-seven: How to Break Up with a Bad Client. You there. Is bad. Yeah, there is bad. Clients. Yeah, and there's Isn't bad that? service industry. There's bad service people too. Uh, I know some people don't like the analogy that um, what you're doing is you're getting into a marriage with somebody. If you're a service-based business, it's a relationship. Let's just call it a relationship. You're getting into a professional level relationship with folks. And oftentimes maybe you guys butt heads and the personalities don't work. The working methods don't work. We just had that recently. And this kind of ties into the whole episode today is uh, we have broken up with clients before. And I want to encourage everybody listening that it is okay to break up with a bad client because the opposite is worse, right? Like being in any bad relationship is like hell on earth. And you don't want to create that for yourself. So I have some I have some tips for everybody on how to do it. Number one, I think you need to recognize a the, the problem, and certainly if the client you're working with is not satisfied with your service, um, then you just aren't a good fit. So I think recognizing that perhaps even if you were a good fit at the beginning, you have maybe grown apart. You are not a good fit. Yep. And see if you can just get a mutual like, yeah, we're not good for each other. Yeah, Maybe you won't get that. And maybe you'll just have to say, like, I'm not good for you. Fine. You conceded. Yep. Yep. That happens. Second thing I think you do once you get to that agreement, uh, it could be verbally written, phone call, doesn't matter, offer a parting carrot or carrots. Two two simple ideas. Number one, let's say you the dispute was, and this is what our dispute was, uh, we estimated, we did a poor estimation of what a task was going to take. We ended up billing for about double what the task really took. And uh, then that that particular client was angry. Okay, we will refund you the total amount minus what we originally said we were going to do that. No problem. That's parting carrot number one. Mm-hmm. They walk away with some, cha- some, some change in their pocket. They're not getting burnt. There's been some reconciliation. Second thing is, I will export all the PDFs and CAD drawings that you need as long as we are absolved of... Uh, liability on them, because you're going to obviously manipulate those PDFs sure. and CAD drawings, right? Two carrots, and then do it cleanly. Uh, try to get it done all at once if you possibly can. Third, do not get caught up in the emotion. Like, what I mean by that is you might be on the end of... You're, you're doing it wrong if you do it this way. If you're writing uh, a, a page of words, a word salad, 50 paragraphs in an email, terrible. Don't yeah. do that. If you are receiving that kind of an email, do not reply with even more or just as much. If anything, I would be as terse as possible in writing. And really what you should probably do is just pick
0: up the phone. Right. Um, because it, it, going back to relationships, I, I made an error. I, I got into a Facebook little, little soiree. Um,
1: <laughs> nice word.
0: <laughs> and what had happened was it doesn't matter it doesn't matter the points that you're going to make. Yeah. And, and here's why it's because you could make five points. Yeah. Right. And normally if it got to this relation, this point, it's in, in breaking up, it's not just one thing. It's multiple different things. And you could be spot on, on like, here's the main issue. Here's the main, why we did it. And here's why I'm not to blame or whatever. Well, who, who says that they think that that's the right issue the top priority and they might say these other four ones blah 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 and then all of a sudden it's like also these other things that we haven't even discussed yet but that I heard from this like in my in the Facebook thing from this paper or the side like or my uncle says you're just not you're just literally talking past each other yes exactly that's what's happening yeah yeah
1: you're talking past each other and then for some reason writing writing just causes people to dig in I don't know what the psychology is behind that I think it's because there's there's no human face to it or a human voice to it. There's no humanity to it. It's right.
0: it's literally like looking at a 0 and a 1. Well, and you can you can type like literally you can say, "Hey, this situation is not like the situation you brought up. It's totally different and wrong." And if you're in a face-to-face meeting, you'd be like, you could be you could literally say what are you talking about yeah it's very you know like it's very comparable and for this reason that but like all that typing and all that like it it just seems to go absolutely nowhere
1: it just doesn't seem like a good way yeah. to go yeah so don't get caught up in that emotion and keep in mind that this is a business transaction and I want to reassure everybody too we have had instances where we had a had a clean mutual. Break up with parting carrots. We did it cleanly and all of this stuff very early on in F9's existence 2009, 10, 11, something like that. And sure enough, people come back eventually and they've seen the light. And then you end up possibly working with them in the future. Like if you do it in this way, some people might have a, you know, metaphorical come to Jesus moment. Yeah. And they realize. Even if, if you did the right thing, right? That's why it's so important for you, to, for you to do the right thing and for you to take the high road. And if they won't admit fault, fine, you did. And then maybe later on they come back and they admit their faults too. Because it can't be
0: just one-sided. I mean, it's possible, but... Yeah. Also know that when they come back, sometimes it won't work out again. That happened. <laughs> so be aware of that. But the second thing too, oh, yeah. I think you should realize that if it gets to this emotional stage... You're not going to convince the other person. The other person is not going to convince you. So know that you're talking to a different audience. And literally, it's a hypothetical audience now because it could be a lawyer in the future with depositions where literally you've seen like they will print out emails, stuff like that. Oh, yeah. So you're talking to a judge and you're talking to potential clients based off of reviews and stuff like that. So it's like your whole interaction, your whole person
1: and your whole personality and your interactions that result from that then It's going to be under
0: scrutiny. Right. Right. But you get what I'm saying is like, this goes to like what's happening in society and cancel culture and everything. Like, yeah. oh, people are apologizing. The people that you offended, you will probably never make happy. Exactly. But if you know that you're also talking to the wider audience and they're like, oh, I heard you did something wrong. Oh, here's your rebuttal. It seems to be logical. Uh, okay, cool. You know, um, that's who you're talking yeah. to in it's, reality. It's
1: the... It's the objective observers and st- they still exist. Like, yep. yes, this this mob still exists Who's you're never going to be able to apologize to, but there are still objective observers. There can't not be. Yep. Okay, so I think that's, you know, in, in our world, that's, I think, the way to break up with a bad client. I think it's okay, all of that stuff. Here's some fallouts that are going to happen and you, for you to be prepared for when you break up with said client. One, they might go behind your back they might and actually actually let me go let me reword this number 1 they might give you a bad review if you go back a few episodes ago we talk about like not playing into your haters you, you people who leave you the bad reviews just want more attention they're, you're you're if you give them attention they're going to explode the whole thing the best thing is i think just ignore them which goes counterintuitive to google's like let's say it's a google business listing review or yelp or whatever it goes counterintuitive to your they they recommend you're supposed to Say something back. I don't think you do. I, that's my take. <clears throat> I think you just bury them with positivity, more positive reviews. Second would be a bad word of mouth, obviously. Like mm-hmm. they're gonna talk about you and your firm or whatever you're doing to other people, and then you're not gonna get recommended. Whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but and then the third big thing is, and this kind of leads to the next segment here is uh, they might go behind your back and they might reach out to your current employees. Maybe it was just you that wasn't jiving with this um, client, but they really liked your employee, right? Because maybe you had just by natural default, you were the bad guy, they were the good guy or gal, and there's just no way around it um, because you had to put the foot down about bills. You had to put the foot down about working methods. You had to just kind of, you had to control or try to get them to not email after 5 p.m., stuff like yep. that, right? Yep. Simple stuff, um, But the biggest, best fallout is a lifted weight. Like Uh, that weight is gone.
0: Yes. You don't have to continue in this bad relationship. And I think too, if you make the decision to break up and then break and then actually do it, you will then come to the realization afterwards of how bad it actually was. Because this happens in uh, relationships as you break up with, your significant other right it wasn't going good and then like two months later some, some people fall back into it and all that but a lot of times what might happen too is like they don't fall back into it because now they have this weight lifting and like oh I'm never going back to that ab- emotional physical abusive whatever relationship that it was um, and it takes time for you to realize that this way of interacting was maybe not normal and I'm so glad I'm not doing it anymore yeah
1: the perspective
0: the perspective completely
1: changes yeah yeah, it's so interesting once you separate yourself from a situation and then you're looking at it in a different angle. So, uh, the next segment, going and in, going in the cascade of events here is like this didn't happen. I just want to clarify for everybody is that uh, so this this client didn't didn't reach out to one of one of our employees in the sense of uh, literally suggesting like you should you should moonlight, you should moonlight and do this project on your own. It was could you still do this potential project, but just not have Lance involved
0: basically? Yeah. So what I when asked it wasn't even with that person. It was, Hey, if I recommend you to someone else. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so what I did is
1: I ended up asking this, ar- this question in the entry architect group and I'm, I'm, I'm going to read it exactly, but I'm going to emphasize one word because I re- even the listeners, please, please, please understand why I'm emphasizing this word. What has been your recourse for clients who have went behind your back and direct and directly to employees to suggest moonlighting? The question is what is your recourse for clients? I only put in the part about the employees to round out the question. Mm-hmm. It is not I'm not asking your opinion about moonlighting, but we got the opinions and heck it was like it was actually fruitful in the end yeah. So uh, let's, uh, so what I, I've got a little note here, like let's address the client part first, then the employee part, right? So we already addressed that, the client part, what happened and, and whatever, but onto the employee part for everybody who's listening and who has employees or, or if you, if you're somebody who's thinking about doing
0: the moonlighting thing,
1: I have some things to bring up. Go ahead.
0: Al. And, and basically to sum up, uh, I think the consensus is you take the high road, you With realize, the client. yep. You realize that there's perspective, that there's uh, hypothetical people in the future or outside influences that if you take the high road, it's going to be better for you. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So let me drill down on the high road in this specific instance and then the opposite one. So to be clear, the high road for us in this one is the breakup was already in the works. It makes zero sense for me to go back to that client and say, Hey, why are you contacting, you know, Steve about doing this product? You don't. Yeah. It's you're already breaking up. Who gives a shit? Yeah. Okay. However, if you were not breaking up and they went behind your back, yeah, I think maybe a phone call would be in order. Hey, what's going on? Uh, what What can we do to help this? Um, and then, do you understand the potential ramifications, which is exactly what I want to get into next. Like, does that client know the potential ramifications if they go and do moonlighting with one of your employees it's not so much about the fact that like this employee is taking away the revenue. It's the legal stuff that was really mind blowing to me.
0: Yeah, and I guess th- this, like you said, isn't a situation that happened. It just went down this rabbit hole of thinking. Okay, what happens? What if? What if? What if? What if? And I think, I think what you're going to go through is is what you said, unintended consequences. Yeah, stuff that we weren't even thinking
1: about. Yeah. So I think it's super important for everybody <laughs> to just think about. So somebody replied, one, somebody replied in, in the group, quote, I'm not an attorney, but one of the main reasons, other than the poten- obvious potential conflict of interest that can develop, is the liability it generates for the firm. If any office resources are used for the, quote, outside project, if the employee accidentally uses an office email address for communication, computer slash software resources for drawing, templates from the office, etc., it can create gray areas and potential opening for, quote, deep pocket, end quote. Legal action if the project goes south. So that's the truth. <laughs> yeah. Because then I, I actually really like that they also put like, I'm not an attorney. Obviously, they're not. But then it made me think like, well, why? What, okay, I'm going to take 15 minutes of my attorney's time. and I'm going to ask them their opinion about like the exposure. And they confirmed it.
0: Yeah. So, so two ways it can go. Someone moonlights. It, if you moonlight and you don't have insurance and they sue you, you are now expose to personally, a per- personally, to to a lot of risks and all that, and we know that. That's Trust a- me.
1: Yep, they will use whatever. These are these slimy attorneys will use whatever it takes to get as get you on the hook in as many ways as possible, professional and personally. Yeah, exactly. All they got to do is get uh, a judge or an arbitrator to believe that you acted out of personal interest. Yep, and then not only are you professionally already there, you're personally already there.
0: Yep, and it will. It might not come down to that you are personally liable for whatever these ramifications, but you have to spend the thirty grand in legal fees for someone to make a judgment to say whether That's it is exactly or not. That's exactly the point. The other thing too is, let's say they don't come after you because they realize you have no money whatsoever, not worth their time going after, and they see some link to whatever firm you're working with, like a template, a, uh, uh, some piece of information. You know, did you use the firm's resources? Oh, now we're going after the firm. So now you're moonlighting for the thousand dollar project. Now put the whole firm at risk that has to defend. And then, you know, then they're coming after the, the quote unquote, bigger pockets. And it might just be because they have insurance. And now, now it's in a big quagmire there. So like, just know what you're doing. There's a difference too, between, Hey, I'm moonlighting. Let's just say an example. I'm going to make some BIM objects that people can put in uh, whatever.
1: Revitfurniture.com.
0: Yeah. (laughs) That's a totally different legal risk than, hey, I'm going to do a whole building by myself just off the side with unknowingly or knowingly like some of my firm's resources. And you can be as careful as you can. Still, you might slip up on an email. And are we
1: overlooking something? Think about it this
0: way. I just want to unpack the psychology again. Let's say it is a client
1: who went behind your employer's back and reached out to you to do this, aren't they demonstrating a behavior that is already sort of in question a little bit? So what's to say they wouldn't demonstrate another set of behaviors later on down the road if something goes wrong and throw you under the bus? Mm. Just just a thought exercise. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So that was a really good point I thought somebody made. And we we confirmed it with our attorney. We are not legal, we are not attorneys, so you need to confirm it with your attorneys. Uh <clears throat> then there's somebody who went the opposite way, and I'm gonna read this to Al, and I want Al's reaction. Okay. Encourage moonlighting with the understanding that their clients are theirs and they assume the responsibility. I say encourage because I firmly believe that the work would come back to the firm in some fashion anyway. That is a that is through consultation, et cetera. It is a win win that way. Relative to whatever's comment. Some of them using the company's email, uh, address for business. I guess that's a risk I'm willing to ride with. There's so many risks in life. If you try to develop a contingency for everything, you'll be cowering in the corner. That's you Al. You're cowering over here. Mm-hmm. Uh, smiley face, by the way, we have, have to give lawyers some work here and there too. <laughs> that one is especially for you, Al. I know you uh, love a yeah, turn. I
0: think that there was a winky face after it. There so, was. so that had to be sarcastic. Um, uh, you you yeah. willing to you willing to risk that al <laughs> i i think there's a differ i think there's a difference um come back to your firm there's i don't know i think i think there's a difference between full architectural services outside of work um versus hey just picking up some stuff uh i mean this was an example like the lawyer gave like his lawyers cannot practice law outside of the firm. There's yeah. a whole bunch of risks associated to that. Um, you know, they get the law degree, he gets the insurance, all of that doesn't mean that they can't be a bartender was, was his example. The other risk too, is like, I'll just use being a bartender. doesn't have the same like stress and mental tax on your brain that Designing a full architecture project has, and that you're on the hook for for seven years after it's built. Yeah. So, like, what is what is that what is that doing? Um, and and here's maybe the clearest example that people might relate to. I'm at Google, for example. Yep. I am developing an app for the map system on Google, and then in my free time, I'm going to develop an app for the maps. That either I'm gonna launch on myself or sell to someone else. When, when, just not even at a lawyerly, at a gut test. Gut, yep. Doesn't that seem like wait, you're using the knowledge and stuff that you gained in your day to then do it at night? I understand that you have these skills and you want to make some more money, but like that seems like a lawsuit. Like I feel like people at Google have done this with Waymo. You know, yeah, and, and I might be getting the names wrong. Okay, the next, uh, the next one I want to read. To Al,
1: see, so get his take. Come on, Lance Psycho, don't compete with your own employees. I'm surprised most people's gut reaction is to win by pushing down your internal competition. Why wouldn't the strategy be to better your, to be better than your own employees and make you the client's preferred person to work with? I've been on the employee side of this scenario, and honestly. I didn't hesitate when I saw the opportunity to gain future clients from my employer, when my employer was doing a mediocre job at client relationships. Hmm. I want to know your take. My take is so there's a couple different. So what I don't, what I really don't appreciate about when what, what one thing that people do is they is they project. They project uh, assumptions onto you. How do you know I'm trying to compete compete with my employee? Because then I go. This is the, I just want to reemphasize. The original question was, "What has been your recourse for clients that I went behind your back?" Not it's not about the employees. It's about the about the clients, right? So it's not about even competing with the employees. It's about what have you done to about clients? And we've already addressed that, right? So that's my first reaction. Second action is, <clears throat> I do like this comment why shouldn't the strategy be to better to be better than your own employees and make you the client's preferred person to work with if you are a principal and a co-owner of a firm chances are you are not one of the drafting horses chances are you are doing the higher level stuff talking and doing the stupid stuff with the banks the stupid stuff with insurance going out and getting new clients retaining the new clients firing the bad clients Working through these tricky situations, right? That's maybe where you're at. Okay. Um, <clears throat> the last thing, though i I also think he I also think he has a good point about this whole when he, he uh, I didn't hesitate when I saw the opportunity to gain future clients. F nine is predicated and started on crappy because we had crappy employers who put their eggs in one basket. So yeah. we saw exactly the problems that they had with business. And capitalized on it in multiple different ways, and obviously, if you're a long-term listener, you under you understand that, right? Yep. So, uh, but uh, but the problem with that last sentence is, is it's like you're projecting. You have zero clue about the details of the whole thing, and that's why like a long-form podcast like this is so important to society. (laughs) Sure, (laughs) because like it's like it's like uh, Rogan and all these other people say, like the CNN three-minute clips, or for instance, my little post. Uh, which I tried to keep under a certain amount of characters. You know, what has been your recourse for clients who went blah blah blah? Is a sound bite. It's a it's a word bite. Um, so knowing the details behind it
0: is not is super critical.
1: That's my reaction.
0: Okay, I have I have two uh, points to this uh, to give context because, like you said, the context matters. Yeah. Before breaking up with this client, there was a discussion with you and the employees oh, that worked yes. with this client. I forgot about that part. And it was, hey, I've heard complaints. <laughs> do you want to continue working with this client? Because <clears throat> there comes a point where who is dictating what gets done and whose liability is it? Like they do the as built. And the as built aren't correct, but then you have to do the drawings on it based off then, the incorrect as built. And then you got to figure that out. And then all of a sudden, like that might be, come down to construction issues. And then um, they set the fee, but then don't determine the amount of work. So then it's like what you said, I think was very clear to me yesterday. Like it seems like employee abuse because I'm making them do this. It, was, so, it felt like borderline employee abuse to me to
1: have them continue to work basically as middle people with zero control and zero input on the process when the process was flawed, flawed from the beginning. So to to just clarify the whole thing is, I consulted both employees who had worked with this client in the past. Do, are you okay with us breaking up? One person said, "I trust w- I trust whatever you do. The other person said, yeah, I'm okay with it. I haven't worked with them for a while. When I did, it was not fun.
0: Yep. So, so... Here's why I state that is because then if it decides this process is all wrong and they will not change to what we think is a right process, it's no longer just about that last sentence, uh, sorry, mediocre job at client relations because someone then has to decide this process won't work, they won't change, we need to break up. So, then you necessarily have to become the bad guy in this situation, right? It's good because you already look like Wario. So, I mean, ridiculous. Yep. Hey, I'm a Wario. And then the client, the employee, doesn't have to be the bad guy. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So, um, it's, you know, like football's analogy like, hey, who do you want to work with? The star player or. Uh, the GM that had to fire people. Well, the GM had to fire people for this, all you know, like all these different reasons. It doesn't mean that that football player should nec- necessarily be the one making the GM decisions, right? Yeah. Um, so, like, that's in the scenario of, of in this sort of situation, right? I think it's a total different scenario when you bring up this con- uh, thing is, oh, what if it's not that? What? So, that's in the context of what happened in this scenario. But I think then there's the assumption like, and this person, uh, hey, I d- saw the opportunity to gain future clients from my employer when the employer was doing a mediocre job at client relations. And that's how we got our first business you know, from, from other architects doing it. Okay, the only thing that's hard to judge as an employee is like, is the client relationship bad because of the boss? Right, and here's an example of that. I read some reviews on some other architects because I was recommending some people out because we can't take these tiny, tiny jobs. Of course, yeah. And one of them was he took a down payment. Uh, he did. He I had to keep bothering him to actually get work done. Mm-hmm. And who knows if this is true? That you know, mm-hmm. keep having to bother him. Gave him notes. He designed his whole thing. Didn't even look at my notes. So then when I pointed out what was at my notes, he was mad, and kind of like went back and forth with me because. Honestly, I felt like he didn't want to do it because he did everything in hand and that means he'd have to redraw everything. Oh so he, he didn't do it in a timely fashion at all and he didn't listen just did whatever he want. So then like in that, Oof. and if you were an employee working for that, oh man, I, I could do it better and have better client relationships. That's a total different scenario than you and your boss are working with this client, doing your best thing, actually listening, actually doing stuff, but they don't want to pay you. They want to blame you for everything. And they want to blame you for information that you know they got wrong or something like that. Whoa, whoa, that's not competing. <laughs> that's yeah. making a uh, hopefully a prudent business decision. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So you should be aware. You should me you I'm pointing at you, Lance Wario Wario. If we were not responding to clients if we weren't giving them what they need, if we are doing our own thing and shoving it down their throat. Yeah. And some employee was like, this seems easy to solve. They seem like an okay client and we're just not listening. Yeah. And not doing a good yeah. job. Then. Right. Then comp,
1: then, then it's like Lance, why all of a sudden after 12 years of good practice, did you turn into a, a
0: poop head? Uh, you probably, cause you look like Wario. Probably easier work. were <laughs> yeah. The longer the hair outside, the longer inside, messing you up. <sighs> That's what, yeah. Yep, exactly. It's the and native- then you just got to be aware of all those things about um, how are you doing it? Is there gonna be uh, insurance action, legal actions? Kind of like, okay, you can do that, but you know, it's a, di- it's a different scenario that that person. Exactly playing.
1: the projections. Just please stop. Um, okay, but the winner with the most concise and actual answer was our good friend Mark LePage. Quote: I would reward the employee who brought it to your attention. I personally would not bring it up to the client. I'd finish the project and move on. When the trust is broken, the relationship is over. Thank you, Mark. That was as close to a yes or no answer that just... Mark, I'm, t- I'm here to tell you. When I get a yes or no answer to a question, it's just like... Mm, I turn from Mario or Love Wario what? to Mario and I save the princess. <laughs> yeah, good for you. I,
0: I, I want to say too... <laughs> Nothing... Almost nothing is more satisfactory to me. The entre Architecture Group is a treasure trove. I know sometimes, like, this is what happened with Facebook in general. It's like, you do... Oh, My arguments was competing with other people's assumptions. Like, literally, that, that was an assumption. No, no, that is exactly the point. Yes. Yes. But besides that, like... People were talking about detailing masonry brick buildings and like the weather, like masonry and concrete are different because of the vapor barriers and non-vapor barriers and people were going back and forth. And all I wanted to say this whole time we've been talking is that the Entree Architect Facebook group is a treasure trove. Like you can do these theoretical things, right? And in Facebook, there's always going to be muddle and then some clear answers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you can do detailed. Here's a detail, people. What do you think? And you'll get the same things like assumptions, like... In my area, like, well, well I'm it's in... it's not in the area. Yeah. Should, please. Yeah, stay to, focused. Two, hey, in your area, you shouldn't do that. You should really do this, and here's why. Oh, okay. Great. Yeah. So, it, it's awesome. It is awesome. Facebook. Exactly. It was not...
1: It was. By all means, I, yeah. I think that's a way. great way to conclude this whole thing is,
0: where would we be without
1: the Entree Architect community as a profession? I think Mark has almost 7,500 people in that group now. In my opinion... It, this it, should is not- be it should be 75,000. It should be 75,000. It should be all architects. Um, it is the way. It is what we've been missing for so long, I think as a profession. And you get into all of these interesting thoughts and ideas and if people and if people say stuff that they that just doesn't quite jive with you as you as you heard on on this show today is like, yeah, it is what it is, but man, thank god. Like the good with the bad. It's it's just like everything. Your traits are going to be equally bad and good. It is what it is. So, thanks for all that stuff. yep. Uh, cool. got a listener question. Mr. Okay. Frank Kalata messaged me earlier on the Facebook uh, this week, and he says <clears throat> he said, "Hey, hey, first of all, you know he he said something along the lines of thank you guys so much for your talk about economic forecasting, what maybe we're looking at in the future. um all, all of that sort of stuff. so you you're very welcome, Frank. I, I think obviously, like if you're running a business, you got to be aware of <clears throat> the macro and the micro trends in the economy." the game system, the monopoly on fiat currency, all that stuff, right? The boom and the bust cycle. But he's got a question. On that note of like what are the top 3 things a firm should do when a crash is on the horizon? I wrote some down. Alex has not written any down. I think he's writing some down now. I'll 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 give you my ideas and they're pr- pr- pretty obvious, right? Number 1, pay off your debt. That's that's our that's one of our goals this year is to like uh you know, we have company vehicles, pay that off. Uh, it's an example, right? Get done with that. Make sure we every month we're paying the credit card bill off, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and then save up as much cash as you can. Uh, get that three months of salary saved up and then extend your services. And you can extend those services by going to ArchitectsGuide2.com. ArchitectsGuide2.com because that will help you hopefully turn some of these design projects into building projects, put on that GC hat and extend the life line of those projects.
0: Yep. Um, okay. I have a different way of saying uh, almost the same thing. So instead of pay off your debt, save up cash, extend your services, I have reduce overhead. Ooh, yeah. Right. So that is paying off your debt. The other thing with reduce overhead is like, look at all your expenses. Like one thing that I saw that I meant to bring up, but I'll bring up because this is the, the place for it is there's a couple different websites. Like we talked about Revit, Revit that literally only get one to zero views per day. And it's like, okay, the domain only costs us $9 a month. The um, service probably only costs us $9. So one is $9 a year. The other one's $9 a month. And then there was like another one that we have. I can't remember the same thing, but let's say like you literally find 10 of these services that you're paying for. And it's like two to $300 a month. Like, should we have a, should we set a time like, Hey, <clears throat> we go need through to put our out bank a calendar, go through our credit card statements and, and just look at everything. Do we need this? Do we not? I need would love it if Alex joined in on that with me there. Cause I do that every once in a while by yeah. myself, but yeah, let's do that. Yeah. And, and, and you should do that. Uh, yep. Because it might be just $250. You might forget done. about
1: that stupid subscription. It literally is analogous to exactly how your personal finances work. Oh, I need to watch. I need to watch South Park. Literally, I have to watch South Park. Oh, now I got to redo the HBO Max uh subscription. Two months later, South Park is done. I'm still getting charged for it. Ah, I should cancel that. Football. Twelve bucks a month. I, that's
0: uh fishing lures. Yep. Uh, eight eight bucks a month. ESPN Plus only during football season. Then I got to remember to yeah. stop it. Yeah. You know. Um. So that's one reduce overhead. To save you, you said it. Save, and then you said uh, third one: extend your services. I the different term I use is just diversify. Yes. because I think when you... I wanted to give some examples for that that
1: we didn't right. Sure, now if we could give some hard concrete examples, I think that'd be helpful. Yeah,
0: concrete. It's stronger than concrete. <laughs> okay, because <laughs> that's what she said. Crunk. Yeah, yeah. You're like some <laughs> strong concrete examples. Concrete. <laughs> <laughs> what are they? It's
1: crunk. Maybe you start a podcast and monetize it. Uh-huh. Um. Maybe you do go to architectsguide2.com and you think about at least turning one of those projects into a design build project and you take the leap, right? Mm -hmm. Maybe you reach out to your local university, your local junior college, and maybe you do have a master's degree in architecture or something else and you
0: can offer to teach a course. That's another source of income. Yep. Maybe you diversify your marketing by thinking, hey, every month I'm going to come up with some sort of story or graphic idea and pitch it to my local media. Um, oh, I love that idea. Yep, so much. Maybe this is a cue from your wife. Is I'm not, I'm not going to do a podcast that targets everything because maybe inside the firm's doing Mark LePage, Evan Troxel. All right, you know all these people. Maybe it's just going to be my local area. It's going to be like the the Denver market, the Denver architect, whatever, or the Colorado architect, whatever. So then it's like anyone who's searching in your area that you can actually do work for that keywords are going to hit topics going to hit. It's going to be more pointed. It might even be a, it's probably a better business model than ours uh, for a podcast. Yeah. So what he's
1: talking about is if you just go to YouTube and you typed in greater Boulder, Longmont, Colorado homes, you would find my wife's uh YouTube channel. And let me tell you. So what he's getting at is like, my wife was brilliant because she did this. She would, the way she would do marketing before she started this YouTube channel, and she only has—I want to emphasize—112 subscribers. That's not putting her down. That's just saying that's all she has. And I'm—I'm t- I'm gonna blow your mind with what she does with those 112 subscribers. Is uh, <clears throat> she used to market traditionally as a realtor, and like she would do these things called pot buys. Maybe you've heard of them. You make she would be she'd bake all day, and she would make these little cute little baskets or like a pumpkin spice gift bag or whatever. And she would pop by your house and she would give you the basket and remind you, I'm Marilyn Ackerman of Longmont Real Estate. And then maybe you'd get in a conversation with her because maybe you are thinking about selling your house, right? Still not a bad idea. She still does it, as a matter of fact, but she does it a lot less. Stuff like that. Uh, She would do things like that. Then she started this YouTube channel last summer. And she's now up to, again, only 112 subscribers. She is getting a call a week from people who are moving from places like Tennessee, Florida, California, New York, whatever. And they're calling her and working with her to buy their house in Colorado. And she's on track for another multiple six figure year. It is incredible. I've never seen her this busy. I've never seen her marketing work so easy. So what does that mean for you? If you're thinking about a non-traditional set of marketing, I don't know, but I bet you have some ideas, right? If you went to inside here, here's here, I'll give you one inside the firm podcast. Um, on our YouTube channel, I did a little series and it's been popular so far. Uh, Let's see here. What it is, is I have a, uh, a playlist now and it's called how to work with architects. First episode is listen to this before you hire an architect. Then how to read architectural plans, how to read floor plans, how to read elevations and sections. I'm predicting we're going to get a client from this. There you go. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. Um, what else we got out? I think we have Nick with
0: Nick with Nick Reads. Excellent.
1: Hello, best friends. I hope you all had a great week this week. A reading. Employee loyalty begins with employer loyalty. Your employees should know that if they do the job they were hired to do with a reasonable
0: amount of competence and efficiency, you will support them. Harvey McKay. Al, it's nice to see you pop off your stool and stand up to do my reading last week. Toodles. <laughs> You're welcome, uh, Nick. I think I couldn't agree more with that statement. Um, you don't automatically get loyalty; you got to give it first.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Loyalty's earned. Respect is earned. It's yeah. not just given.
0: Yep, hundred percent. All right, is it time for A R E Jeopardy, where answers aren't given? you got to earn them. Perfect. Here you go. <laughs> Let's bring down the crew. Question number one, out of the materials listed below, which one has the lowest coefficient of expansion? Lowest coefficient of expansion. Is it a, a butum, butumen roof, B steel, C structural concrete or D brick? Do 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 do. D, D, D Ross. Oh, it does. See, uh, the answer is D. It literally goes in uh, steel, concrete, and brick are close, but brick is the lowest. Um, and steel ha- has a pretty low one, but like you have with big enough spans, like 30, 40, 50 feet, like you have to take that in consideration. Um, Okay, question two. The removable framing portion of a window system that allows the glass to be replaced is called? Is it A, glazing stop, B, flange frame, C, buck frame, or D, removable piece? Yeah, tricky on that one. Uh, A, A, A. A, yep, glazing stop. It's actually called a removable stop. You could also call it a stop, uh, but not a removable piece.
1: My questions are so much better. Just wait. <laughs> a, just kidding. Number three, a disgruntled client approaches you without the knowledge of the principal at your, of your firm, your employer, and suggests you moonlight with them to finish a project. What is likely the proper first course of action you should take? A, screw the greedy capitalist employer taking all the risk. Moonlight to the literal moon, baby. B, inform the employer the of the contract, contact and ask their thoughts. C, ignore the request and continue working with the client as if nothing happened, much like the media ignores anything Clinton Hillary Clinton does. <laughs> D, quit your job. It's time to open up shop immediately. Do you need a repeat? I realize those are very verbose. <laughs> At least I got a smile out of you. Both of you. How relevant, Ross. All right. uh, We've got B, B, A, B. The correct answer is B. Inform (laughs) the employer of the contact and ask their thoughts. Uh, Okay. What do we got for scores? Three. Three? Wow. Okay. All right. Here we go. Good. Have a four for four. Okay. Number four. You chose to (laughs) moonlight without the employer's knowledge. What are the possible risks you run with your new moonlighting, moonlighting client? A. You have no liability insurance and therefore put your employer at risk of being sued should something go wrong with the project. B. You put yourself at personal liability risk with no insurance as you acted out of personal interest. C. You have liability insurance but accidentally use an office email address for communication or computer software resources for drawing, templates from the office, etc. And therefore... Create a gray area for another slimy lawyer to expo- expose your employer, even if they have no knowledge of you moonlighting. D, everything goes perfectly. You do not get sued, but you sour your relationship with your employer, even though even if they would have possibly agreed to allow you to moonlight and the trust is gone. D, all of the above and probably more. I know, that was a very ARE twist.
0: We got D, B, E. The correct answer is E.
1: All of the other above are possible.
0: Yep. You missed some of the conversation before, <laughs> but uh, you could get sued. You could get your firm sued. This all, it, it's crazy. It's not as, as, as cut and dry. It's not as clean as, as you would think. Yeah. And there's levels to it, too. So um, yeah. happy to talk further with anyone who wasn't in that meeting yesterday. Yeah, yeah exactly. To explain. Yep. Yeah. I think we have a tie. No, Jason crushed it for Where are we going, time. Jason? Public house.
1: Public house. <laughs> Not
0: your favorite. Yeah, I won't even say it. I'm. A, they, <laughs> <clears throat> this is about the money. Pay me, Bronza. Pay me. <laughs> That's it. That's- if you like this episode, as we suggested
1: earlier, please leave us a five-star review on the iTunes. If you are watching on YouTube, uh, please leave us a comment. Hit the like button. Subscribe. Tell your friends. We'll see you next week. I had a blast writing the writing them <laughs> this morning <laughs> hold a copy. <laughs>